Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. God bless you as you're seated. Uh, So glad to see you. Uh, Anybody glad to be in church? Awesome, awesome. Um, Also, our our campuses are joining us in this service at this time. Uh, Red Bug Lake and Michigan Street Campus joining us. Now, I have a question for all the campuses, and it would be this. Has God been good to anybody over these last few days, last few weeks, last few, if he has, come on. Let's give him praise. Let's thank God for his goodness. Amen. He, I, I'm sure that he has, and uh, if, you, if you missed it, be watching for it, because God's favor, God's blessings coming your way, and I just want to speak that out over your life. Receive that. Uh, I, I, we, Jamie and I were actually away last week for a few days and got a, just a little bit of a vacation type of thing in. It was awesome, but I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to confess something. I missed my faith fam a little bit while I was gone, so uh, it's good to be back. And uh, man, y'all look great today and excited about this word today. I hope you're ready for the word. I'm excited to preach this. If you have a copy of God's word, go to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. We're going to look at this passage of scripture together. Uh, And uh, we're kind of launching a a new uh, collection of messages here over these next few weeks. uh, Probably four Sundays worth, should the Lord tarry. Um, but it's called this, plus one. And um, here's, let me, let me explain kind of what that title would refer to. Um, but we exist as a church to help people encounter Jesus. That's why we exist. Part of that then um, overflow of that encounter with Jesus, um, we talk about kind of four pillars of, of our, our ministry around here, our, 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 kind of our goal around here. It would be connect, grow, serve, and reach. Let's everybody say those together because most of you know them by heart anyway. Connect, grow, serve, and reach. And so uh, that's kind of our, uh, that, that's kind of what we believe in around here. That's what we want you to be a part of around here. Um, those get mentioned all the time in that order, and those aren't in an order of hierarchy or of importance. It's not like the first one is the most important or we save the most important one to the last. They're, they're all important. Uh, so we're actually going to cover them out of order a little bit than what we always reference them. Uh, but um, the reason why we would say plus one is I just want to kind of start with this question. Like, what would your life look like if you added a little bit of growth to it? What would your life look like if you added some better connection? What would your life look like if you added some service to it? What would your life look like if you added some, some reach to your life? And uh, so we could have called this uh, plus four, really, uh, but we're just going to handle them one at a time. So we didn't want to overwhelm you. So it's plus one. It's, it's uh, yeah, we, we're, uh, this is my church, but what if we added something to that? And so Second Peter chapter three, we're going to start with, the thought of, of the growing. And Peter's talking about growing in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. This is what he says in the Word of God. It says, Therefore, dear friends, 
since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by error of lawlessness and fall from your secure position. Though your position was secure, Peter's warning and going, but you could fall from that. So be, be on your guard and don't fall from that. So he's getting ready to kind of say, how do we not fall from our secure position? Verse 18, instead of falling, he says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let me read verse 18 one more time. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forevermore. Title of this message this weekend is Grow Forward or Fall Backwards. Grow forward or fall backwards. Let's pray. Let's ask God to speak to us. And uh, come on, pray this with me today. Lord, we ask you just to speak to us today. We ask you, God, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I ask you, God, as I, as I bring this, Lord, I, I don't uh, have a desire to talk about you, but I pray, God, you'd help me to talk for you, that there would be a prophetic anointing and edge to everything. Help me to say what you would have me say in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Grow forward or fall backwards. That's the two options Peter gave us in 2 Peter chapter 3. Speaking of kind of forward and backwards, I, I had a car when I was first turning 16 and 17. It was a, uh, it was a 1970 Oldsmobile Cutlass. That's right. Uh, in, first, in first service, there were some people that were excited about the Oldsmobile Cutlass as well. So it sounds old now, I know, but it was even old when I got it uh, at 16 and 17. And uh, man, it had some problems. Uh, one of the biggest problems it had was the, the headliner um, had come undone, and so the fabric had dropped down. So if you sat in the back seat, you couldn't see anything. Just the, it was just like a little blindfold. And so the back seat was not popular uh, for the people, passengers in the car. Um, but it had, a, it had several, several problems with it. One of the problems while I was driving it, the transmission started to go out. Driving an older car, started slipping. I started feeling that, and so it kept getting worse and worse. And it got to the point that if I would give it any gas at all, uh, aggressively, it would just rev up, as if the car was in neutral, but it was in drive. And I just kept going and pushing it, and just trying to go as far as long as I could without you know, having to get it fixed or whatever. And I finally got to the point where I was out driving and it just wouldn't, it, I put it in drive and it wouldn't go anymore. It just wouldn't go forward. But reverse still worked. So I just drove home in reverse. You gotta do what you gotta do. I became an excellent reverse driver that day uh, and it still holds true to today. Another time I was driving, we got the transition fixed. Another time I was driving that car and it had come a snow and ice storm I was growing up in Kansas City at the time. And right when, right when you left my house, I would pull out of the driveway, turn right, and then a quick right. And then right there pretty quick, there was a, a pretty good hill uh, to, to leave kind of out there where, on the road where I lived. And there was an ice snowstorm, and I started up that hill in that car. And as I started up, I was getting less traction than I thought I was going to get that day. The roads were slicker than I thought. And I remember that feeling as I was moving forward. I remember that feeling of those t tires starting to spin, and me starting to lose traction. And I remember thinking, am I going to have enough momentum to get up over this hill? And sure enough, I did not. And I started up the hill, and it seemed like the time in between I was moving forward 
And the time I was moving back, man, that seemed like a split second. I mean, as soon as my forward momentum was done, how many know that falling momentum kicked in right away? And it was a lot harder to steer going backwards on that ice than it was even going forward on that ice. And I ended up in a ditch. Luckily, I was close enough just to walk back home. Uh, and later on, we got the car out and it lived to go forward and backwards more. Like, uh, but as I was remembering, actually, when I was reading this passage of, of Peter that Peter writes to us, He's talking about, hey, be careful that you don't fall backwards. And he says, how do you keep from falling backwards? Peter said, like, what is the best way to keep from that backwards momentum kicking in your life? I'll maybe even say it this way. What's the only way to keep from that backwards momentum kicking in your life? And that would be to go forward, to grow forward. We, we can either grow forward or we can fall backwards. I think if Peter was writing this today, he might say, don't say I didn't warn you, because that's how he starts this whole thing. He says, you have been forewarned. The contemporary English version says it this way. He says, my dear friends, you have been warned ahead of time. Don't let your errors, don't let the errors of evil people lead you down a wrong path, make you lose your balance. And so how do we guard against falling backwards? We grow forward. Peter even gives us then, in verse 18, he gives us the specific disciplines that we should be always trying to grow forward in. And we're gonna take a few seconds and look at that. First one would be this, that we would grow in the grace of God. Grow in the grace of God. Before we get into the disciplines, let me talk about this word grow, because the original language carries with it a meaning I think that's important to us today. It's not talking about like a one-time decision, this word grow. It's not talking about a growth spurt or growth spurts in your life. But this, this word that gets translated grow carries with it the meaning a continual growth, a continual growth throughout your life. So as we, as, as we are warned to not fall backwards and instead grow in the grace of God, let me pose you, does, does, that, does that define your life? When you look and you're honest with yourself, would you say, yes, I am continually growing in the grace of God. I am continually growing in the grace of God. Because here's the thing. I know that there are some people that are part of this service right now. And uh, you've been serving Jesus for a long time. Some of you have been serving and loving Jesus for maybe as long as I've been alive. But that's not the question is how long have you been serving Jesus? What the question is is are you continually growing in the grace of God right now? Like, I come to church all the time. That's not the question I'm asking right now. Are you continually growing in the grace of God right now? This is what Peter is saying, that this should always define your life. It's not that, well, yeah, I mean, in the fall I grow in God, or in this time, or when I do this event, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been at this thing. I know it all. I've, I've arrived God help us if any of us, none of us would ever say it, but God help us if that thought even creeps into the secret places of our mind that we've arrived. No, Peter's saying, no, the only way you don't fall, the only way you don't lose your secure position is if you continually grow in the grace of God, in the knowledge of God. We're first talking about growing in the grace of God. And uh, last night I, I looked again on my door of our bedroom, my, my wife and I's bedroom door, I looked again and I, I, I caught a quick picture of it. 
there on the edge of my door. We've done some different remodeling and painting through the years, but there's one spot on that door that we've just left for the last 20 years or so, and it's that. That's the actual door, and there's all those dashes. Does anybody know what those dashes are? You know what they are, right? Yeah, it's our, it's our five kids when they would be growing up through the years. And so behind, by each dash, there's a little date and then there's a letter. And it would be corresponding with which one of our kids was being uh, measured at the time. And I can still remember uh, times when maybe somebody would see our kids somewhere and say, oh, you've grown. And that would get them excited. And they would be like, when we get home, I want to get to the door. And I can remember sometimes when they'd be sad, when they'd be there trying to stretch their neck as far as they could, and we'd be making the line, we'd be like, no, it's actually the same height as you were yesterday when we did that, like whatever, right? And I can remember the excitement when sometimes we'd do it, and they couldn't wait to get turned around and see uh, how much they had, had grown. Well, here's the thing. My kids are all past the age of growing much taller. Like, none of them are probably going to grow much taller than they are uh, right now. Now, if they're going to grow, they're going to grow in areas that they are intentional about growing in. So we all had that season of our life when growth was kind of natural, growth was kind of automatic. We could fall, we could accidentally grow back, uh, back then. You're at a place in your life, but now you, you, you know, you're gonna have to make a decision if you're gonna grow in the things of God or not. You're, you're probably not gonna stumble on it. You're probably, it's probably not gonna happen accidentally, but it's something that you should be, it's something you should be measuring in your own life. It's something you should be charting in your own life, and it's not going to happen by accident. What does it mean practically to grow in the grace of God? That's, that's the first one that Peter said. Um, it's important that we both grow both in grace and in knowledge. Um, some people, if they, if they just grow in, in, in grace without knowledge, sometimes that can that can be a little bit, uh, you know, wacky, a little bit out of balance. Uh, we, some of us have been to those churches that are a lot of grace and not a lot of knowledge, and sometimes some strange things are happening. You're like, I don't know. Uh, and, but this, also, if you grow in knowledge with no grace, that can be a problem too, because you can get puffed up and get proud and start to think that you're better than somebody else. Peter says, grow in grace and knowledge. Let's look at grace first. What would it look like? If we grew in grace, by practically, what is Peter saying? Well, one of the things Peter is saying in this, practically, if we grow in the grace of God, it would be growing in uh, the unmerited favor of the Lord on your life. I gotta say that one more time. To grow in the grace of God is that the, we grow in the sphere of God's unmerited favor on our life. Does that sound good to anybody? That more of God's favor would be on your life. More of, more of the favor. That's something you should be believing for. That's something you should be praying for. And it is unmerited favor. However, there are decisions that you can make that put you in alignment for that unmerited favor to be growing in your life. Okay, so you're not earning it, you're just putting yourself in a position that you are under that unmerited favor and grace of God. So that's one of the things that Peter is saying here. Grow in that. Grow in what God is doing and, and being a part of what God's doing and, and the favor and the blessing of God on your life. But Peter is also saying growing, he's also saying grow in spiritual graces as well. Like grow in spiritual disciplines as well. I think that Peter uh, actually gives us some of those a couple chapters earlier. In the same book, but chapter one of 2 Peter, 
I think Peter lists some of the graces that we could grow in the grace of God, some of the specifics. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, he says, For this reason, make every effort. Uh, this does not sound like a suggestion. This does not sound like a pot when you get around. No, make every effort to do this, to add to your faith, to grow, to add to your faith goodness, to add to goodness knowledge, to knowledge add self-control. Are you, are you growing in self-control? Are you more self-controlled now than you were five years ago? Maybe you need to ask the people closest in your life if you're, if you're growing in self-control, add to your self-control perseverance. The stuff that, sh- that, that maybe would have taken you out uh, a year ago shouldn't take you out today. Why? Because you've grown in perseverance. Add to your perseverance godliness. Are you more like Jesus today than you were yesterday? This is what it means to grow in the grace of God. This should be a a pursuit of our life that we add to our, our, our perseverance, godliness, and to our godliness we add mutual affection, and to mutual affection we add love. Look at verse eight, because if I read verse eight first, you would have begged me to go to verses six and seven. Because verse eight says this, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, if these areas are constantly, if these graces are growing in your life, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, what more motivation do we need? See, for some of us, we know more of the Bible than we live of the Bible. And this is what Peter said, if you'll, if you'll actually live this stuff, if you'll actually try to grow in this grace. To grow in grace means grow beyond salvation. The, the, the church often calls it discipleship. And, and discipleship has to be, it's not an option. It's not a, 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 a super track. It's not a fast lane for Christians who really are, no, discipleship is Christianity. It's to, it's to grow in grace beyond salvation. Salvation is the first expression of grace in our life. It's when we are lost, when we are uh, disconnected from God because of our sin. While we were yet sinners, Christ dies for us. And we believe, when we believe on that, because of God's grace, now we can have reconciliation with Jesus. We can have forgiveness of our sin. That's the first expression of God's grace, but that's not where God's grace stops in your life. So for some of us, that's where we've stopped. And we're like, well, I'm, I'm a Christian now. No, Grow in the grace of God. There is more grace to grow in in your life other than salvation. There's grace to grow in where you start to figure out what decisions to make, uh, how to act in a way that puts you in alignment with continued favor of God, grow, growing favor of God in your life. 18th century English preacher John Fletcher, he used to create these lists of questions for his church. And it would be questions for them to look at each day to kind of measure how they were doing in their, in their uh, growth uh, in, in God. Now, I'm going to give you some of these questions, and you may not like them because they're pretty intense and pretty hard to answer. And if you don't like them, 
don't get mad at me. Get mad at John Fletcher. He's in heaven, all right? So you'll have to deal with him some of the time. But I just pulled out 10 of the questions. He used to create these lists for his church people. This may be something that maybe we would make a part of our practice. And these questions are all in the app. If you go in, in our Faith Assembly app, and there's a place where the notes of the message are there every week. And these questions are there if you want to reference them. Uh, maybe after today's service or screenshot them, you can do that. Questions like this. Have I gotten near to God this day in time of prayer, times of prayer, or have I given away to a lazy, idle spirit? I mean, just one question, right? What if we asked ourselves that question at the end of every day? Have I, have I gotten near to God today, or did I give in to a lazy, idle spirit? Has my faith, one of the questions he would ask, has my faith been weakened or strengthened today? He would ask questions like, have I denied myself in all unkind words and thoughts? He would ask his congregation to ask themselves, have I made the most of my precious time as far as I was able to today? Have I kept my heart pure? I mean, what if, what if, what if you would, uh, midway through the day, just pose these kinds of questions to see about the grace, how much you're growing in grace each day. Number six, what have I done for God's people? What have I done today for God's people? Number seven, John Fletcher wrote this. I didn't write this. Have I spent money on myself when I might have used it for the cause of Christ? I'll move right on. Because the amens are deafening. You gotta, you gotta hold down a little bit of the applause and the amens so that people can hear the next question. All right, so just keep that in mind like it's getting a little too loud. Uh, number eight, have I governed well my tongue today? Number nine, in how many instances have I denied myself? Number 10, do life and conversation adorn the gospel of, does my life, does my conversation, oh, that, that would probably change so much of our conversation. At the end of the day, if we said, did my conversation, did my life adorn the gospel of Jesus Christ? These are the, maybe some of these questions we should bring back into our life to say, I want to be a person who's constantly growing in the grace in the graces of God. Not only did Peter say we would grow in the grace of God, but Peter also gave us another discipline to grow, and he said, grow in the grace and the knowledge. Grow in the knowledge of God. Now, Peter's encouraging more than just pursuit of knowledge here. Uh, he's encouraging more than just like study and uh, do courses and graduate and get your degree and, you know, master's degree and doctorate and all these. You can do all of those things and uh, they'll benefit you in, in, in many ways. That's not what Peter is, is referencing here. And uh, perhaps some of you are very knowledgeable in a particular field. I, I bet there are many experts in, in, in these services today um, that would probably... I mean, probably shock people. There's probably somebody that has expertise in an area and you could get up here and share for an hour on a particular subject that would probably wow many of us. And I'm sure you're using that expertise to, uh, to benefit others. So that's, that's great. Uh, some of you have knowledge that maybe doesn't, isn't, isn't that beneficial. Maybe it's a little bit more like some of you like are trivia experts. Any, any people that are just good at trivia, like I have a bunch of stuff that I know and I don't know why I know it. 
and I don't know what it's going to do for me. Uh, but you were good at that game back in the, in the 80s or 90s, Trivial Pursuit. Anybody remember Trivial Pursuit? Yeah, it had all these different like categories of, of, of knowledge, and it had a little game piece that you put little pieces of the pie in when you got one of those questions right. And it was categories like geography. That was one. Any geography buffs in any of the services today? Yeah, that was one of the categories. I have to admit, I am not a geography person. Um, I'll, I'll even go a step further in my, uh, in my admission today. But uh, during our time away last week, Jamie and I actually got to spend some time in Alaska. And while we were there in Alaska, we were in a couple of places where there was maps. And we were kind of looking at the map to kind of see like where we were at in relationship to stuff. And, and as I was looking at the map, I, I said to Jamie, I was like, oh, Huh. And she's like, what? I said, well, I didn't realize Alaska was so far <laughs> from the continental U.S. And she gave me a look of somewhat disappointment and uh, <laughs> amazement. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, no, no, no. I'm saying like, I knew, I knew it was up here in the Northwest, but I didn't realize there was quite so much of Canada before you got to that. She's like, you didn't? I was like, I'm just kidding. I did. But I didn't at all. Like, I didn't. <laughs> Uh, I was, it was a lot further. So I'm not a geography. Some of you, some of you can like write every country on the map still from school. Uh, geography was one of those. Entertainment was one of those. And some of you know things about entertainment and entertainers and you know who was in what. And uh, some of you know the Forbes youngest self-made billionaire, recently named uh, self-made billionaire, uh, youngest one is Kylie Jenner. If you don't know that, it's fine. Stay in that ignorance. But um, <laughs> Or innocence. Uh, history was one of the categories. Any history buffs? All right, all right. Yeah, history. So some of your history buffs, you know when the War of 1812 was fought because you're just, you're like, it's a trick question though because it was fought in 1813 and in 1814 and in 1815. It was just started in 1812. Boom, knowledge, right? Like they, you're not just getting Bible knowledge today. You're getting some serious history knowledge. Art and leisure was one of the categories in that game back in the day. And uh, I used to, man, when I would play that game, I used to, I never liked the art and leisure portions of the questions. Uh, but some of you are good at that, and you have knowledge of that, and you know Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities. You know, you even know which two cities it was. <laughs> London and Paris, of course. You knew that already. Just nod. People will think you, like, well, yeah, make that face right there. Science and nature is, was one of the categories. And some of you are good at science and like you even know which, which water like would boil faster, hot water or cold water, which one boils faster? It's cold water boils faster. No, hot water boils faster. Just kidding. Sports and leisure, that was one, that's the, that's the last category of the game. Sports and leisure, and some of you know all kinds of sports facts, and you know who did what, and you know who, who was the, who's hit the most home runs in, in the history of Major League Baseball, Barry Bonds, but then some of you put an asterisk next to his name because could have been some stuff going on there, and it's Hank Aaron for you. Like, but like, okay, so we have all of this knowledge, and here's the thing. Peter is not saying that any of that knowledge is bad. He's not saying that you shouldn't pursue those things. What Peter is saying is that none of that knowledge will compare to spending some time in the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. 
What Peter is saying is if you had to choose, and you don't, but if you had to choose, he would say, I'm warning you, all those other knowledges, you could still fall from your secure position, but if you'll gain the knowledge of who Jesus is, if you'll get into the word of God, it will create in your life a security in your relationship with him. I like the way Paul prays it in Philippians chapter three, verse eight. He says, yes, everything else is worthless. And Paul was a man of great knowledge, a great learning. He had studied under great teachers, but he says everything else is worthless when it's compared. It's not worthless, but it is worthless when it's compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He says, for his sake, I've discarded everything else. I consider it, I count it garbage so that I may gain Christ. Knowledge of this word is life-changing. There's, there's got to be a deliberate focus of, of my life where I'm growing in the knowledge of who Jesus is. And it's not happening for so many. George Barna is probably the leading researcher in the field of, certainly in the field of the church and Christianity and what's going on around the world and in our country. And he made this statement. He said, Americans revere the Bible by and large, but they do not read it. And because they don't read it, they have become a nation of biblical illiterates. How bad is it? And he, he started to give some of the results of their finding. He says, fewer than half of all adults can name the four Gospels. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I like to give the answers, and, and, and I, I, I'm going to share these. And if you, if you land in one of these, it's not, a, it's not a, meant to bring any kind of condemnation or any kind of weird, poor feelings. Maybe it would be a motivation to be like, hey, maybe I need to get on a growth track in my life and grow in the knowledge of, of, of Christ. He said also many Christians can't identify more than two or three of the disciples um, and there were 12 of them. Uh, he said, according to data from the Barnard Research Group, 60% of Americans can't name five of the Ten Commandments. Can't even come up with five of them. Maybe that's why nobody's really obeying them in, their, in this world is because nobody even knows what they are. And again, if, if you're like, man, I'm not sure if I, if I wouldn't be able to come up with five. Um, it, just, it just maybe would be a motivation to grow in the, in the knowledge of God. Another survey of graduating high school seniors revealed that over 50% of them thought Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. <laughs> they weren't. Uh, it's the two cities in the Old Testament. Uh, a considerable number of respondents of one poll indicated that the, they thought that the Sermon on the Mount was preached by Billy Graham. Now, Billy Graham might have preached on a mountain at some point, I'm sure he did, but the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, that's Jesus, uh, is, was the one who preached the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and what, what's the bottom line in all this? It's that America is becoming biblically illiterate. Why is that a problem? It's because the truth found in this Bible is incomparable to any other truth you'll ever find. The truth found in this Bible and, and that is found exclusively in these pages, it's not just informational, it's transformational. 
Like it, as you look into this Bible, the Bible looks into you. It's not only engaging, but it's also empowering. You not only find hope here, but you find help here. Like for your real life, for what you're going through tomorrow, hope is here, but also help is here as well. It's not just ancient, but it's also active. It's alive. It's, it's practical, but it's also spiritual as well. If you get into this word, it will change your life. Now hear me. I believe in experiential Christianity. I do. I believe that we experience God. I believe that when we worship, we can feel the presence of God. And I, and I believe that sometimes God moves us. And I believe in getting excited about God and expressing love for God and passion for I believe in that. I, I know some of you even got some Holy Ghost goosebumps a few moments ago when we were worshiping. I'm okay with that. But I'll tell you this, no experience will ever take the place for any of us for the knowledge of God's word. I will not base my Christianity on the experience. But no, we will be people who base our Christianity. Yes, we'll experience the presence of God. But it will come with an understanding of the word of God and our knowledge of him. Paul prayed for the Ephesians and he said, I, I keep asking, I, I, pray this, I pray this over you right now. I ask that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That there would be a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Some of us go to all kinds of crazy places for revelation. And some of you have made the mistake of going to, you know, I don't know, this, something new age, or somebody tells you to rub a crystal a certain way or look at the stars a certain way. No, no, no. I pray that you'll look into this word of God for your revelation of, of who you are and who God is in you. So let me ask you, what is your growth plan? If, if I have a choice of either growing forward or falling backwards, then I better have a plan to grow forward. What is your growth plan? Maybe between now and the end of the year, what if you got one? What if you decided, I'm going to do, I'm going to add one thing. I'm going to plus one something so that I can grow more in God than I currently have been growing. What's the growth plan? Some of you go, well, I'm, I'm this service. I am taking part of this service. Like, I do this once a week. That's my growth. And I'm glad that you do. And there might be some incremental growth happening. But I'm just telling you that we may live in a world today where Peter would say, you, you need to probably grow more in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus even more than this. You might need to add something to that. And so I want you to think about and pray about, see what God would speak to you about adding something in your life. Maybe it's a grow class. We have, we have grow classes that meet weekly around here, and they are incredible. And maybe some of you have been around the church for a while. Some of you maybe are new to the church, and you've never gone to one. And I just release you to have maybe a God conversation with somebody in your life today. If you're married, maybe it's with your spouse. If you're single, maybe grab a friend or someone and say, hey, what, what class could we, what could we join? I'm thinking about joining one of those. I'm thinking about sitting in on one of those. Uh, maybe you would consider uh, doing that, uh, staying after today and going to a grow class today. Uh, but have that conversation. I want to show you a, a video of somebody who, uh, who uh, got involved in some of the grow classes and their life was just radically changed as, as a result of it. So I want you to check this out. Check this video. This is Jamara. Check, check this uh, story out real quick.
My name is Jamara Osorio, and I have been a member here at Faith since August of last year. Back in 2018, uh, my husband and I went through a really hard time in our marriage that led to a divorce. So out of the blue, I decided I'm going to come to Faith Assembly this Sunday. To my surprise, uh, I'm sitting listening to Pastor Carl, and there's my husband. He said, well, I, I couldn't go to our church because of everything that's happening, so I thought I'll go to Faith Assembly. God started working in our marriage until eventually we, we actually got remarried. Once my husband and I became members, we decided that we wanted to jump in and we wanted to take advantage of all of the resources that Faith had available. So we joined Journey of Faith. Every single Sunday, as soon as the class was over, my husband and I would get in the car and we would just talk about how amazing it was to share stories, encourage each other, and be vulnerable, which was something that we hadn't really been exposed to before. It was really important to join Grow Classes because it's a big church. We wanted to meet people. We wanted to connect with people. We were looking for a place where we can, yes, learn more about God's Word, but also learn more from other people's testimonies, from other people's experiences. So when we were almost done with level three of Journey of Faith, our coaches approached us about possibly wanting to be coaches ourselves. We thought this has been such a blessing for us. Um, now we want to also join in in having this be a blessing for others. My husband has uh, a group of men in level one and I'm, I'm coaching a group of women in level one as well. And so we're really excited to see what God is going to do this year. I think it would have been really easy for us to say, we're not gonna be coaches. We, we, we like attending the classes and we like listening to the preachings, but that's kind of the extent of what we're going to do. But part of the way that we grow is by coming out of our comfort zones. And even though we've never led a grow class, we have been so blessed uh, throughout this whole year by all of the classes that we've attended and all of the people that we've interacted with. We couldn't just be spectators. We wanted to join in in what God is doing here at Faith Assembly. One of the amazing things that happened was uh, I was taking this class and I decided that I wanted to share the gospel with these kids that I knew. And so I sat in front of my computer and I started putting words, I started putting images together. And when I'm done, um, I, I look at it and I had published a children's book and all started with that assignment uh, from, from my GROW class about sharing the gospel with someone. I think everyone should join a GROW class. It's really important for us as a church to be, to be connected. I think there's so much that we can learn from each other. There's so much that we can experience together in a world that is so increasingly individualistic. Uh, where it's so easy to be behind a screen in our house the whole time. The way that you're really gonna get that connection is joining teams, joining groups, joining grow classes, and it's going to require you to take that first step and get connected. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a code up on the screen that you could, uh, with your phone, you could grab an image of and go to the link takes you to faithassembly.org slash grow. It gives a list of our, our classes. And I just encourage you to do that and, and get more information. We have classes on so many different things, leadership and certain Bible studies and uh, parenting and marriage and uh, classes in Spanish. And uh, we have Journey of Faith, which is one that a lot of people have gone through. It's just, in, it, it's incredible. If you're going, I don't even know which class to start with. Like this is the fir first time I'm kind of hearing about this stuff. Which one should I start with? There's one called Starting Point. You should be able to connect those dots, right? Uh, and that'll, that'll start the first, uh, the new, a new starting point class will start uh, the first Sunday of August. But I encourage you, come up with a growth plan 
And let's not fall backwards. Let's, let's continue to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus. Let me read Hebrews chapter 5. This is a, a heavy passage of Scripture I'd like to close with. It says, There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and you don't seem to listen. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone else to teach you again the basics, the basic things about God's word. You are like babies, the author of Hebrews says. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and does not know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature and through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. This heavy passage in Hebrews talking about, I think what's still a problem in the church is a, an epidemic of, of, of babyhood in the church. A couple weeks ago, I was at my daughter's baby shower and uh, they played a game in the baby shower where um, they got three married couples and they had the, the, the wives come and sit and then the husbands come and sit on the wives' laps and then they, uh, it was a race to see which of the husbands could drink some, uh, some orange juice or something out of a baby bottle the fastest. It was hilarious, but there was also something that was a little bit like, eh, something a little bit off-putting about it uh, to watch these grown men uh, be fed a bottle and try to just drink uh, the liquid out of this bottle as fast as they can. And the reason why it just didn't kind of sit right is because... because that's nothing, that, that should not accompany adults' life. But the author of Hebrews says, this is what some of us look like spiritually. That though we should be grown, we're still on just milk. We, we should be teaching others, but we're still learning the basic things, the elementary things of God. This is what Peter's talking about. When we're in that position, when we are just continually babes in Christ, then we are, we are at danger. And he's saying, I'm warning you. You'll fall from your secure position if you don't make a decision to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're going to be a church that grows. I said, we're going to be a church that grows. Listen. We're going to continue to grow numerically, but we will only continue to grow numerically if we continue to grow individually, if we continue to grow spiritually. How can I help the church grow? You grow you. The church is going to grow when you grow you. Let's be a church that grows in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's give him praise. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.